When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Phil Mackey. Hey, boys and girls, it's Papa Smurf. He just a little guy. Judd Zolgad. Nice personality combination. Hostile and intolerant. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Any sports show or hosts can make predictions, but these guys keep a record of theirs. Gentlemen, we are keeping score. Believing in their prognosticating abilities so much. Listen now as Phil, Judd, and Dave write that down. Write that down. Write that down. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right. Judd's out, but John Krasinski is here with his crystal ball. You've got your three write that down predictions ready to roll here. Ready to rock. Dave Harrigan is here for some write that down action, and we have an accountability session to get to first. Mostly terrible. We mostly are whiffing on all these. (laughs) Dang it. Yeah. This is, a, this is an innovative segment in that we are really the only sports talk show that keeps track statistically of our predictions, but uh, it's been it's pretty probably, embarrassing. Probably but, not a good idea anymore. Yeah, it's really, you know, it's funny uh, the light you shine on yourself here, <laughs> but we're all about being transparent. So uh, let's go through here. We'll start with Judd, who's not here today, uh, but he predicted France would beat Croatia in the World Cup championship game by a final score of 3-2. to two. Ah! Actually, I'm sorry, 2, two to nothing. 2 to nothing. It was four to two in the yeah. final. We got the margin of victory. He should have right? said two goals. Yes, should have said two goals. That's also, the most dangerous lead in soccer, though. So it really is. Understand yeah. why he wouldn't stick with that. It is. Uh, he also said the Phillies would land Manny Machado in a trade. That did not happen. Uh, Dave, you said Serena would beat Kerber in Oof. the women's Wimbledon final. I said it would be a walkover too. You did, yeah, and it was a walkover, just <laughs> the other way around. Yeah. And you said Judd would need at least five strokes from inside 50 yards in the Judd Zulgad Athlete Challenge said that. golf version. Took him four. Took him only five for the entire hole. The haters yeah. and the doubters flushed down the toilet there. Have you? Did you watch the Judd Zulgad Houston Rockets Challenge? I did, and I, 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 I literally <laughs> turned it off after like a minute and a half because I couldn't do it. I was so uncomfortable. <laughs> All of us were at first. Like, I thought he was joking, but then I was just like, "Oh my god, no! This is really what it is. Like, I can't watch this. Like, I had to look away." So we we've done three episodes now. The golf channel. He hasn't picked up a golf club in twenty years. And we said no practice, no practice range, nothing at White Eagle, a hundred fifty yard par three, and with help from golfers in the audience, we set the over under water on the left. We set the over under at eight and a half. That's Can actually you, not bad. And for he, him, he piped his drive. Well, his tee shots par three. 120 yards right down the middle, right up next Look to the that. green. 
And then it got a little dicey on the putting end of things, but it was a five. Look so. at that. Hey, that's impressive. Uh, I wrote, I write that down. I said it would be a nine. Oof. It was a five. I also said he put the put a ball in the water at some point during the par three challenge. He did throw it in the water, but that was after he completed the hole. So I think Ten that cup doesn't style. quite count. This, now, technically, the verbiage of the prediction is Judd would put a ball in the water during the during the challenge, but the spirit of the prediction was with a golf club. Take, I would fight take the it wins where you, you can get it. <laughs> but I, I think you got to say the challenge was over once ball went in hole. You know what? I, I'd love to fight this, but I, <laughs> I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna concede. Uh, I said Serena would win Wimbledon, and uh, I did, however, say that Byron Buxton would not play for the Twins until after the All Star break. Sometime and here we are. He has not played yet. That's a single. Uh, listeners have predicted that Judd would shoot double. Dale said Judd would shoot double digits in the par three challenge. Hater. Uh, the dude predicted the Twins would be above 500 at the All-Star break. So that's carnage. Uh, the batting averages as they stand, Dave Harrigan still leading at 375 on the season, slugging 638. Judd at 257, slugging 529. Listeners at 229 now and slugging just 429. Our guests are hitting 333 with a 462 slugging percentage. And Johnny Krasinski is going to go on the record here shortly. I'm batting 215 Ooh. with a 360. What's up, Bryce Harper? Listen, two, <laughs> two mashing years and uh, now my swing's all out of whack. Bryce was swing, the good hair. <laughs> it, was the, it was the write that down home run derby a few weeks <laughs> yes, ago that really <laughs> turned me on my head. Uh, so with that, let's go around the room. Dave, Johnny, me, Dave, Johnny, me. We'll go through and then we'll get a few listener predictions as well. Write right. this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. I will start with a Brian Dozier prediction. A lot of people writing about the interest the Brewers have in acquiring the Twins' second baseman. Okay. But it's funny you mentioned that to Chris Singleton, Dozier and his thoughts on it, and that, and he mentioned the Red Sox and playing ball inside of Fenway Park and the Monster. And, hmm, what the heck? I'm going to go with Chris Singleton on that. Maybe he knows a little something that we haven't heard yet. The Twins visit Boston in a week. Brian Dozier will be a member of the Twins when they visit Boston, okay. but he won't leave with the club. Okay. Ooh. Oh, so he's going to get traded while they're in. This, you're, so you're swinging for the fences here. Yes. Okay, so not just Dozier to the Red Sox. No. Jo- Dozier to the Red Sox while the Twins are playing them. Yes, he will not leave Boston with the Twins because he's going to stay with his new club, the wow. Sox. I like Write it. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write Some this down. Bomb. All right, over to Johnny. Um, the Minnesota Lynx, despite looking a little vulnerable, will play in the NBA fi- or WNBA Finals again this year. Okay. Not huge out on a limb, but they look a little bit, a little. They've been struggling a little bit, but I think they once the playoff lights come on, they'll put it together and we'll be in the NBA final, WNBA finals. And you're making no predictions. You're just gonna leave it at that, right? Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. It, what you're gonna get them to the WNBA finals, there. and, and then, then it's, it's up to them. them. Then it's, it's up to them. <laughs> yep. That's it. That's what I've always said about the "it's happening" hashtag. It ain't my fault that you choked after we put the hashtag on <laughs> you. Okay. Right. Some people can't live up to the pressure. It write it down. Happening. You like writing things down. Yeah. Never told you when it was going to happen. <laughs> write this down. All right. Write this down. Brian Dozier, in his uh, effort here to increase his trade value and free agency value, will hit at least two home runs before Monday. So this weekend he will hit at least two home runs. I'll All say right. he'll hit two home runs this weekend. And his trade value will continue to go 
up the elevator. Brian Dozier. Write this down. Second half, Wonder Man. Write it down. You like writing things down. Back to Dave. This coming Sunday, Minnesota United will be hosting Los Angeles FC, wrapping up a homestand, and it will be a sweep of a homestand. United wins, taking all three games that they've had at TCF Bank Stadium. How many, dumb question, in the MLS, how many teams from each conference make the postseason? I, yeah, I, have to I don't know how that. many teams there are. Enough. Okay. <laughs> Enough Cause, to cause fill the bracket. They're definitely, like, with these last two wins, they're creeping up the middle of the Western Conference. We could see playoff action. I just jinxed it, but we could see playoff <laughs> Is it happening? Write it down. You like writing things down? It's happening. Write this down. Loons. All right, back to Johnny. Uh, the Los Angeles Lakers will add a star in a trade before next summer. So before the trade deadline in February. How do we define star? Like uh, a player who would be a considered a Robin to LeBron's Batman. Okay. So an okay. all-star caliber okay. performer. Okay. All-star caliber performer. Yes. That's fair enough. Yeah. And we can, and the judge and jury will determine that in your absence. Yes. So it will add an all-star performer. So sometime Either this summer or before the trade deadline. Before, right? before the trade deadline, yes. Okay. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. I have two Judd predictions. We'll go one now and then one for my last one. Can Judd know these? Because my spies told me he has been listening to the show today. Okay. He's on vacation. Why is he just sitting around he's listening worried to the show? He, he texted, about his spot. <laughs> he texted me when I mentioned it was a Judd, uh, a piece he would like during stuff you should know about that he is listening while mopping the floor. So just Judd need to turn the radio off. Mopping the floor. I love how he's mopping the floor right now. <laughs> just like an old, just an old fashioned mop from the 1980s. I would, I, I mean, if he heard the two predictions. He could easily alter the results of these predictions. So I would prefer, Judd, if you're listening, I'm going to give you 20 seconds to, to, to turn your radio down. All right? And we're on delay, so, well, I just, guess that doesn't matter. He just, hears it when he hears it. Yeah, just go to the other station for a little while. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, go to... Uh, Check on the competition. Go to KS95 for a while. Well, that'll work. Yeah, stay in house. That'd be good. All right. All right, write this down. Judd, turn your radio off. Write it down. You like writing things down. Judd, at some point before his vacation is over, or his, I think it's a staycation. Yes. So he's back on the air on Tuesday next week. Sometime before his staycation is over, he will make mention or take a picture of and post it of his new Glarus beer. Spotted Cow, whatever it was he bought. I think it was just Spotted Cow. but Nah, Spotted Cow, there was another one he bought too. So the new Glarus beers that he bought earlier this week in Hudson... Mm-hmm. He will make reference on social media or in, in via text or photo form of him drinking from that batch. Okay. All right. All right. That's he might fair. even be listening to this and say, you know, I'm yeah, I'm yeah. gonna do that anyway. Write it, it down. Anyway. You like writing yeah. things down. Write this Plus, down. Plus, I could use the batting average help, okay? <laughs> so uh, back to Dave Harrigan. All right. The champion golfer of the year. That's what they what we call our open championship victor. Sunday, Sunday's round only, so not for the tournament, but Sunday's round, the champion golfer will not shoot better than even par in the final round. So uh, so we'll shoot even or worse, right? Even or above par, yes. They will not go subpar on Sunday, yet uh, we'll still win the open championship. So it could be uh, like hanging on to a lead kind of a thing. You're, you're foreseeing playing it safe. spies tell me wind it will be a factor on Sunday. Okay, so so Tiger's going to shoot 71 uh, even par after his 65 on Saturday and hang on to win is what you're saying. That's not at all what I'm saying. Okay, Write it down. You like writing things down. Write this down. I just want to clarify. All right, back to Johnny. 
Okay, uh, this aggregators. This is not a report. Uh, this is you, not. I want. I want to see you report. and Brian Windhorst in a steel cage this match is, against all of the aggregators. This is purely Hell in a cell. Purely a guess. <laughs> purely a guess. Is it an educated guess? Uh, very minimally educated guess. <laughs> that's Blaine that's, High School education. That's good yes. enough to make yes. a blog. Yes, Blaine High School education. <laughs> Absolutely. So. Carl uh, Anthony Towns will sign his contract extension, but it will not happen before the state fair. Wow, we're going to drag it out. Wait a minute. Might be dragging out. Say that again after this. Car- <laughs> <laughs> I want you to know that this happens with uh, our good buddy who, uh, Darren Doogie Wolfson, yes. loves to do the old, like, listen, this is not a report. <laughs> Doesn't matter. It gets picked up. Yep. Yeah, so he's gonna. So, he, so your that's prediction my guess. is that he drags it on that's like my guess. Wiggins dragged it on until w- September. Wiggins was right? in into training camp, like they were ready to step on the floor before yeah. he signed it. So right. I just don't think that there's a sense of urgency right now uh, to get it done. So Johnny K, I, I mean, uh, predicting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hopefully Judd's not listening. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. My final prediction is another Judd Zolgad related prediction. Write this down. Judd can't resist. He can't unplug completely ever. He's never able just to like go on vacation for the full amount of vacation and then plug back into work. Sometime before he comes back on Tuesday morning, he will file a piece for 1500ESPN.com. He will file a column or some, something for 1500ESPN.com while on vacation. That is a bunt single slam dunk puck into the empty net that I've ever heard. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing he's, things down. He's got a hammerhead co- uh, the, the headline ready to go probably right now. It's, it's all ready to, to click publish on. Uh, Zolgad, colon, Johnny K, colon, Carl Anthony Towns. <laughs> hesitating on... What are the aggregators going to write for this headline? Towns dragging feet on signing guys' <laughs> yeah, yeah, extension. Yeah, yeah, yep, that's it. Yep. All right. Here are some listener predictions. Colin sends one in here. Mackie and Judd at fifteen hundred ESPN.com. He says Lindsey Whalen will lead the Gophers to a Big Ten title in her first season. So this upcoming season, they got some good players. Even though they lost, uh, uh, they lost Carly Wagner, but they have some good players. Uh, Mike S emails the show. Two part Brian Dozier write that down. He'll be traded to Milwaukee before July thirty first, and he'll hit at least twenty home runs for the Brewers. Twenty. I mean, he hit like twenty five in the second half last year, right? Yeah, but he'll hit twenty in that band box hmm. of a stadium. Um, let's see here. The dude predicts mellow with the Lakers. Write that down, and we will get one more in here. Mackie and Judd at fifteen hundred ESPN dot com from Dale. Despite going four and two in the division, the Vikings will finish eight and eight and miss the playoff. Ooh. Write it down. You like write this down. Six five one six four six eight two five five. Johnny K hanging out in place of Judd. Um, game show Friday later on here too. So just be ready for game show music and the crafty rogues will come hang out with us. Mackie and Judd, TCL Don't broadcast. Go anywhere. Assume the position. More Mackie and Judd coming up next on fifteen hundred ESPN. Mackie and Judd now continue. What now? What now? Let me tell you what now. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Oh, it's Saturday night. Cleveland's going to get out and get this done for four quarters. They've got to get out in the transition game. Thomas was blocked, but Thompson is not. No, it's Thompson, we know, a year ago will be a three-plus offensive rebounder. He's got to get back in shape to get those numbers consistently. And Tom Thibodeau is going to take a timeout. 
And Jimmy Butler and Carl Anthony Towns arguing with one another as they head towards the Minnesota bench. <laughs> when was that from? Wolves Cleveland, obviously. Max, okay. you know the date. Yeah, it was Cleveland. Now Max grabbed it. I'm not sure when uh, when the game was. Yeah, it was uh, it was like early early season because it was still playing for the Cavs. Oh wow! So how about it? By the way, Johnny. I know. Talk of a of a nine figure contract a couple years ago, and now he's a vet minimum guy. I mean, you know, that's the kind of thing that you talk about with Jimmy Butler passing up four one ten with some knee issues that he's dealt with. Mm-hmm. There is a slight risk. Now, the difference for Butler is, is he's already made, he's already had one big contract. Like it was like $95 million he got from the Bulls. Thomas hasn't had that big, big, big one yet that he's been looking for. Uh, but yeah, it looked like, I mean, he was MVP candidate for the Celtics. Yeah. Somebody was going to give him at least, you know, at least a hundred million or more. And now he's playing for a vet minimum, trying to just scratch and claw his way back with Denver. What, what, okay, let's, let's go out a year from now here. And I get that it's so hard to project what's even going to happen for the Wolves in the next five months, let alone, you know, all the way through the season. But there are a lot of options for Jimmy Butler. And this is where the Wolves are in a really tough spot because oftentimes when the writing's on the wall with a year to go, that pre-agency period, Kawhi Leonard told the Spurs, get something for me. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to resign with you guys. So Mm -hmm. I'm demanding a trade. And he demanded a trade right now. Carmelo Anthony six years ago with the Nuggets said, I'm not demanding anything right now. I mean, I'll play my last year, but I'm not going to resign. So so they go out, and they wind up with a couple first-round picks. They wind up with Gallinari. They wound up with the first-round pick that landed them, Jamal Murray. Uh, I believe they they selected Dario Saric with one of those picks and then traded him for Iguodala. They got something for Melo. Mm-hmm. Paul George flipped over to uh, Oklahoma City for, for Victor Oladipo. I think there's a huge risk going into this season with the 25, 30% chance of Butler coming back. Like, I, it's hard to figure what that percentage is, and a lot of it just deter- is going to be determined by what happens this season. But it's a gamble to not be shopping him right now for me. I've said that for a month on this radio show. If he's not going to sign that four year, $100 million deal, and I get why he didn't, and you're going to go into the season, you might lose him for nothing. And it's not like you have all kinds of cap space. If Carl Anthony Towns signs this max, if Jeff Teague exercises his player option for next year, you don't have cap space even without Jimmy Butler. Um, like what? What's the landscape for him a year from now? Well, yeah, it's. I mean, the, the the whole issue, right, is that Tibbs needs him. I'm like, Tibbs really needs Jimmy Butler on this team. Number one, because he's a great player and obviously had a huge effect on their performance, but also because he's firmly in the coach's corner and backs mm-hmm. him. And 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 you need that. Any coach needs that with with his guys. And so, um, for me, like. W- Let's say that any other coach was coaching this team. Let's say Dave Yeager was the coach of this team right now, and they still had Jimmy Butler. Um, and and there there were still these uncertainties about his future. I think the Timberwolves would probably look at least look at the landscape. What could we get now yeah. for him? Like if you could what get, are our options? If you could get Ingram or Kuzma for Jimmy Butler right now, I would not hesitate to pull the trigger if I thought there was only a twenty percent chance he resigns. Yeah. Now the now the, the issue, yeah, what what you have to what they have to determine and decipher is how much of what was written in the Sun Times and things is definitive and how much of it is smoke and and you know Tibbs talks to Butler all the time, and I don't. For for me, from what I've been able to report, and 
and and gauge in talking to people. I don't think there's been anything even close to a conversation with Jimmy that has resulted in Jimmy saying, "Coach, I'm not going to play here next year. I just I don't I I don't like these guys. I think I need to go somewhere and and we need to go win a championship and I got to I got to ramp up things. I'm 29 years old. It's time to go." So, I don't think that has happened. Um and so if that hasn't happened, with what he means to to Tibbs and what he means to this organization, I think they you, you got to go in and try and, and make it happen because Tibbs knows and everyone around the organization knows that this is kind of this is the true the telltale year on does this whole thing work or doesn't and so um, Tibbs is going to give himself ever the best chance possible for success and I'm sure that he believes it's with Jimmy Butler and so I I would be shocked if he ever even considered you know moving him this summer now going into let's say things the wheels are starting to come off early in the season they're not making up any ground you get to near the trade deadline you know then maybe you look and see what you can get for him before you lose him outright but again there is value is going to be pretty diminished mm-hmm. like who's going to rent him for for two or three months and give you a lot in return um, you know, th- those are all the the complicating factors behind this. But really, what the Wolves did in making the decision to give some of their young pieces away and bring in a guy like Jimmy Butler and then bring in Taj Gibson and Jeff Teague was push more of those chips into the middle of the table. So if they're already in the middle of the table, I think you got to see the cards and how they how they are laid out in front of you before you make a decision. Yeah. Now, if he does if he does walk, let's say whatever they get to the playoffs, they seven seed. Eight seed, they get beat by the Warriors or something mm-hmm. in four games, five games, and Jimmy says, "You know what? I've been talking with Kyrie Irving, and we're gonna go. We're gonna go play with Kristaps in New York. We're gonna play for the Knicks, or we're just gonna start our own team in in Brooklyn with the Nets. Whatever the scenario is, I think the Wolves also then need to hope that Jeff Teague sees writing on the wall and says, "You know what? I know I could exercise a nineteen million dollar player option, but I'm gonna peace out because if the cap is gonna be a hundred eight million, which is what cap experts predict predict the cap to be next year." The Wolves would only have five to ten million ish in cap space if Butler leaves and Teague stays. Mm-hmm. If they both opt out of their player options and you clear now forty million off the books, and again, there's a little bit of wiggle room here, like Tyus Jones, what does he get paid? Blah blah blah. Um, but if both those guys were to leave, you would have for sure room to add a twenty million dollar free agent or more, um, and then some other peripheral pieces. Now, would a twenty million dollar free agent of that caliber want to sign here? Maybe it, de- it depends. So I think it's either Butler leaves and Teague leaves and you're in a decent spot cap room wise uh, or, or Butler stays and then Teague can make his own decision. If it's Butler leaves and Teague decides to exercise the $19 million option. Now you're waiting another year before cap space uh, frees up. Plus yeah. The it, Gorgie contract and the Taj contract. Yeah, that, that's right. Yeah. They, they are in a tough space financially right now and the the Teague thing is going to be incredibly interesting because he he will have two very compelling options one will be to exercise that deal because I I would be shocked if he were to go on the open market even next year where there will be more cap room across the league and get another 19 million dollars yeah but um he may get a longer term deal another three-year deal four-year deal something like that which he's going to be in his 30s by that time and maybe he can try and get one more big big uh uh secure long-term secure deal to try and get that done so uh that will that will play a huge factor in how these things if jimmy 
leaves. Now, obviously, the Wolves are going to do everything they can to convince Jimmy to stay. And, you know, then the other question that they'll have to ask themselves is, will you give Jimmy a five-year, $180 million max deal where you'll be paying him 40-some million dollars when he's 34 years old, given his knee issues and some of the mileage that's on his body? Those are Mm -hmm. questions... That you'll have to ask. The Houston Rockets said, we're going to deal with that. We'll deal with that later with Chris Paul. We just have to do what we have to do now. Will the Timberwolves do the same thing? I think it a lot depends on how much progress they make this year. If they if they, if they they get in the playoffs and win a series or two, then they probably say, yeah, we got to go all in with this. Okay. If not, they'll, they'll, they'll think about it. Real quick, and like we're up against the clock a little bit here, so like a minute or two left. Would you... Do you think you would have picked up the phone and, and, may, and I don't know, do you know if, if this happened? Would you have called the Spurs... And floated some sort of Wiggins for Kawhi situation. I, Do you think I, that happened? I absolutely would have done it if I were there. I would be. I don't know for a fact that they did, but I would be shocked if they didn't. Because that's because if you're going to put chips in the middle, you right. might as well put chips in the middle, and then you can you can you can hedge on this five year albatross max contract that you're probably questioning right now. Right? right, exactly. And you at least have to take the time and say call San Antonio and say, hey, would you be interested? In some sort of Wiggins centric package for Kawhi, um, that would I mean that's just doing your due diligence. Um, now, the one thing that you, some people may be reluctant in the Wolves organization to trade Wiggins because if you do lose Butler, then you probably want two young stars to kind of retool around rather than just Towns. Um, so uh, I could see some why there might be a little bit of reluctance to part with Andrew right now. Yeah. If they haven't totally made the decision that the five years and 150 is a, is an albatross, which I think some people in that organization think, hey, he can still get there, so let's let's ride this out. But if you're a general manager, you wouldn't be doing your job if you didn't at least call there and say, do we have even any kind of attraction that could possibly get this done? And and there's some dissonance. Like for me, I think I do think as hard as I've been on Wiggins that there's a lot of room. I think there's another level or two for sure. Yeah. I don't think Tom Thibodeau gets him to that level, and that's where okay, if that's the case, then is it is it a, is it a situation where he has to go to another coach? You have to bring another coach in, and they're not there yet. Obviously, they're going to go into the year, and this is what they have. So yeah, it's yeah, it's it's possible that you know that they could look at it that way, but they could also, I mean, Sam Mitchell didn't get as much out of Wiggs as they wanted. Flip didn't get as much out of Wiggs as they wanted. Now, he was a little bit younger then. So there's certainly some of it you look at is, is it a Tibbs problem? But I think less with Cat. I don't look at it with Cat. I'd be like, look, he's... He's okay. Like he, he he has some things to work on, but he's going to get to where he's going to get. Wiggins, uh, some of it has, I think, has been an Andrew problem so far, and he needs to own some of that responsibility as well. Yeah, Johnny K from the Athletics been hanging out with us. Judd, uh, uh, Judd's on vacation for the weekend, long weekend for him. The Crafty Rogues are going to hang out with us in studio in about an hour from now. And also tonight at Brits seven o'clock, they're taping their hundredth episode of the Crafty Rogues podcast and. Adrian Heath is going to be their special guest. But you know what we haven't done yet today? We haven't given away prizes. It's Game Show Friday. What, callers three and four? Callers three and four. 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. Mackie and Judd, TCL Broadcast Studios. Mackie and Judd resume things following these messages. That's just about the most fantastic scheme I've had to date. On 1500 ESPN. 
Mackie and Judd are back. You're about to make a whole lot of people around here real happy. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios on 1500 ESPN. Game Show Friday! It is Game Show Friday with Mackie and Judd. Here are your hosts, Phil Mackey and John Krasinski. Not that one, the other John Krasinski. We've already had a couple jokes. Loved you in a quiet place. Quiet Place is good, and John Krasinski was very good in a quiet place. We did give a digital download away to a quiet place just last weekend on Game Show Friday. True. Have you seen a quiet place? I haven't. I don't. I don't see movies with two kids. You know, I, I, whatever's on HBO, that's what I watch on Sunday nights. <laughs> well, it'll be. I'm sure it'll be on HBO sometime. I can't wait. Uh, how many times per day, on average, do you get the other John Krasinski jokes from Wh- people? When when he puts out a movie, I get seriously dozens of <laughs> oh, tweets mentions tweets like, "Hey, I loved you in this," because they look at they just go J O N. And my name comes up before his, and it's it's a verified and, Twitter yep, account. Yep, and it's hey, uh, you know, I loved you in this, and so I always <laughs> hey, thank you, I really appreciate it, kind of thing. <laughs> but I'm sure he gets inundated when I put out like a Jimmy Butler story or something like that. I'm like, uh, you know, you, why same you, thing. Why do you keep hey, tweeting about Wiggins? Yeah. who's this Wiggins guy? <laughs> uh, so uh, Dave Harrigan, the prizes we have today for contestants Mark and Steve are a pair of Saturday and Sunday general admission X Games tickets with music access. We also have a $15 Caribou Coffee gift card. What game will Mark and Steve be playing today? Mark and Steve get ready for a very special Vikings training camp edition. Yes, it's almost here. A Vikings training camp edition of the 100,000 radio station prize closet pyramid! That's right. We don't have 100 grand to give away. We have some koozies and some t-shirts and things of that nature. Uh, Mark, are you with us? Yeah. Steve, are you with us? I am. Alright, gentlemen. Mark and myself are going to be team one. And then Steve and John Krasinski are going to be team two. Uh, the, the way the game works is we have a list of various Vikings training camp items, uh, words, and short phrases. And so our job to you, the teammate, is to communicate as best as we can without saying the actual words, what we're trying to get you to say. And then we'll have a 30-second clock. So we'll start a 30-second clock, and uh, I will try to communicate. And Mark, you're going to try and guess what I'm describing and uh, they're all Vikings training camp related. You guys ready? Yes. So let's go yes. 30 seconds on the clock. Mark and I will start because John's never played this game with us before. So we'll give him uh, 30 seconds to feel it out here mm-hmm. and to see what score they have to. And we'll go two rounds. So if you're if you're smoked in the first round, it's okay. There's been times where like uh, you'll get stuck on a word and blow it in the second round. So all right, 30 seconds on the clock. Mark, are you ready? Yes. All right, here we go. And your time begins now. Current city training camp is being held in. Egan. When you practice more than once in a 24-hour period, those are called Vikings starting running back, second-round pick. Calvin Cook. Vikings current quarterback. Cousins. Former city training camp was hosted in. Mankato. You throw a blank to a receiver. Football. Bullet. Uh, he's got some help here. <laughs> the goal line is your entry point to the... 
Okay, six correct. I feel like we have a, a team of maybe three or four people here. I like it. Uh, so uh, I think we got what? We get there six correct? You got six. Yes, yeah, six, a fine number to post. All right, posting, off. posting a score here. Certainly not unbeatable, however, Johnny K no. and Steve, Steve. let's do this. So you'll start at number eight there, just for clarification. Oh, at, at eight? Yep, start okay. at number eight there. Okay. So uh, 30 seconds on the clock. This is Johnny Cross' first dive into the $100,000 State Fair t-shirt pyramid game. Johnny K and Steve, your 30-second clock begins now. A kick worth three points. Field goal. Uh, w- one of the downs. First down, second down, third yep. down, fourth down. Okay, what's worth six points? Touchdown. Uh, Dalvin Cook does what with the ball? Running back. Run. There you go. Uh, Kirk Cousin does what with the with the ball? Passes. Anthony Barr does what off of uh, off of the edge? Tackle, sack, rushes. When a linebacker rushes a quarterback. Ooh, all right. Blitz was the word we're looking for there. Blitz. Or destroys Aaron Rodgers. Would have been acceptable there, too. <laughs> and doesn't look back to give him a thumbs up to see if he's okay. That's right. Shows no remorse. <laughs> Verbatim, it says that on this sheet of paper. Uh, all right. We've got a 6-5 to five game going into the final round. Should Mark and I start again? Is that I how we normally do it? Mark fine, and whoever sure. else is with him. All right, me, yes. Mark, and Mark, how many people are on our team here? <laughs> I, I promise there's nobody else here. Mm. <laughs> okay, all right. All right, here we go. Let's touch, post an unbeatable score. 30 seconds on the clock. Ready, guys? And that time begins now. Vikings play their home games where? U.S. Bank Stadium. If you tackle a quarterback behind the line of scrimmage, it's called a... If you catch a pass from a quarterback, but you're on defense, it's called interception. Uh, a field goal could hit the blank oh, and right, right. Eh. Um, crossbar. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, I'm not sure. Man, I don't know how else to describe it. It's yellow. It's it's, it's a the oh, whole, the whole uh, thing. Goal post. There we go. Uh, number eighty-four receiver Vikings. Previously, uh, ah, that's my fault. It's oh, my fault. What did we get there? One, two, three. We got we got four, four correct. correct for All a right. total of ten for the game. All right, that means Johnny K and Steve need five to tie. Otherwise, we go to extra time, baby. All right, no flopping allowed in this version. All right, Steve, let's go. And Johnny, start on number nineteen if yep. you would, since we already gave a clue for eighteen. Your time begins now. Vikings head coach. Zimmer. Uh, the white receiver from Detroit Lakes. Uh, Caught the uh, music of the Minneapolis Miracle. Uh, Uh, The responsibility of an offensive lineman. Block. Um, The responsibility of Diggs. Catch the football. Receive. Yep. What uh, what does Kirk Cousins, what does he do? Throws the football. Oh! There it is. There it is, right there. Congratulations, first time participant, John Krasinski and Steve. I have a history of owning you in these competitions. Yeah, I think you do. I, I think you might be undefeated against me. I might be. <laughs> Just snuck the last one in under the buzzer, too. Well done. Way to go, Steve. Uh, Steve, you have 10 seconds to thank anyone in your life that got you to this point. 
I am a Packers fan, and I have beaten Minnesota Vikings fans twice on this stadium. <laughs> uh, I think he's ineligible now all of a sudden. Just trolling his way through. All right, Steve. Uh, instead, instead, you're going to get a lump of coal and maybe some uh, some urine from Intern Max. <laughs> it's okay. It'll look it'll All look right. it'll look like the three two beer that you can buy in your gas stations over there. So, Mark and Steve, thank you for participating. That's another episode. Game Show Friday. Johnny K hanging out with us. Mackie and Judd, TCO Broadcasting. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Oh, it's just what they'll be expecting us to do on 1500 ESPN. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. They're buffoons. Mackey and Judd. They are not buffoons. On 1500 ESPN. Calling all Loon fans. The 1500 ESPN promo team will be on the Tribal Nations Plaza, TCF Bank Stadium. This Sunday, it's a Minnesota United pre-match party. Find us before that 6 p.m. kickoff for your chance to win prizes before United takes on Los Angeles FC. For more details and tickets, head to 1500ESPN.com, keyword events. Thank you, Dave. 651-646-8255. Russ, you're on the show. Hi. Russ, what's going on? Uh, Well, I uh, came up with an idea of uh, how you can speed up baseball. All right. Fire away. Um, When uh, you see musicians... uh, performing and band members and so forth they'll have their earpiece in their ear why not have all the baseball players have those in their ears so the manager doesn't have to go to the mound and talk to everybody he can just tell them what to do as well as uh eliminate the trip to the mound to talk to the pitcher uh just you know take advantage of electronic uh, communication i don't hate it i don't hate that idea uh, yeah, thank you for thank you for the call. I would say the fact that they identified mound visits as a problem and then still gave twelve total mound visits per game. Yeah, we're going to limit mound visits to six per team <laughs> to an average of like almost one per inning. Yeah, okay, it's okay. ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it, it takes when what could they possibly be talking about? Just, when you hey, you throw get, a strike and you get seventeen between innings periods yeah. and the whole pregame to talk about what you want to do. Just exactly. use hand signals. Can you imagine if in the NFL when the play clock's running down, if you're like and you're out of timeouts. You're like, I, I need my coach to come out here. I don't know what to right. do. Like, I need my offensive coordinator to come out. No, you figure it out. Yeah. You just figure it out. Yeah, and, and catchers can can stop out for a quick second, or you know, you you could yell out to them. I mean, are you giving away state secrets with what you're trying to do with the approach here? I mean, yeah. you know, there, there's there's plenty of ways around that to to limit that. Um, maybe just do it for when you're taking a guy out, or or no, why? Or just maybe you should just have the mound visit. For when you want to try and help a guy through in a bat, but if you're going to take him out, just put the arm up, and that's yeah, all they have you, to do. Come you don't on, need let's to walk go. out there and physically grab yeah, the baseball. Yeah, hey bud, <laughs> thanks for thanks for all yeah. you've done. You know, all right, uh, go get him. You know, we're gonna bring in someone to do it better than what you just did. Can you imagine if Greg Popovich had to walk out to the free throw line? <laughs> you know, hey bud, we're gonna you know, yeah, we're gonna take you out of the game here, yeah. buddy. Bruce Boudreaux has to walk out to the ice yeah, just okay, exactly. come out of the game. No, that's actually a good segue. I I've been. You're, you're such an NBA guy, and you're and you're ingrained in uh, in Timberwolves and and NBA culture, and you've been covering the sport for a long time. And the, the, is it ser- fair to say that this is as on fire as the NBA has been for sure since Michael Jordan? Oh uh, yeah, I think maybe so. even uh, ever. Yeah, I mean they're you know they're certainly right now battling the Warriors are too good kind of narrative, which 
you know, is depending on who you talk to, I mean, it, it's kind of fair, but I mean, we've always had great teams that are that are yeah. good over an extended period of time. The and Bulls it just, never went to a Game 7 in an NBA right. Finals. Yeah, and I mean, you, you, I think, you know, you can look back in 1996, there was a Sports Illustrated cover, are the Bulls too good? You know, the, the Lakers in the 80s and the Celtics and then, then they went to the Pistons. So they, you always go through these cycles and right now we're in a Warrior cycle and mm-hmm. um, maybe that one is going to last a little bit longer just given some freak accidents. Um, but that's that's one thing that I think the NBA is dealing with uh, the inevitability that it feels like. Um, but in, in terms of you know, a talent level, top to bottom, in terms of compelling storylines, uh, player movement, you know, social media interaction, global presence, like all of these things. The league has really gotten right. I mean, it's uh, it, it's incredibly popular right now. It's getting more popular. The ratings are going up. Where a lot of sports are seeing dips in their ratings. Um, you know, all, all of these things are kind of contributing to to a, a really a golden era of, of of the sport. NBA revenues, by the way, have gone up. This is just since two thousand one, according to Statista or Statista dot com. NBA revenues have almost quadrupled since 2001 mm-hmm. and I get inflation and like everything goes up but that's insane and it's and, and it's been it, it went up every year from 2001 to like 2009 and then kind of dipped a little bit but basically in the last five or six years ever since LeBron James Dwayne Wade heat villain teams it's gone straight through the roof and I have five reasons I want to run these by you real quick five things that the NBA is doing so well to lead to this popularity Things that maybe even like the NFL and for sure baseball can can take from. I think they've nailed five things on the head and maybe more. Number one, the caller kind of alluded to the issue in baseball, right? We've been talking about how to fix baseball and the pace, but NBA games are fairly yeah. snappy. It's mm-hmm. it's now people are going to complain about the last thirty seconds dragging on, but even then they've they've taken away some of the timeouts that you're able to use. Mm-hmm. But NBA games. You don't have to worry about going four hours. It's two hours, 15 minutes, two and a half hours, regular uh, regulation games. And within the game, as far as snappy pace, 24-second shot clock, there's action every 24 seconds. And even when there's fouls, uh, you're getting points being scored during the downtime, right? They're taking a rest. They're all standing around waiting for someone to make a free throw, but the but points are being added to total. So, number one, people are busy, attention spans are short, and NBA games are snappy. Uh, number two, storylines galore. And some of it's just circumstance. I think allowing players to express themselves and the structure of the league that leads to player movement plays a role in this too. But whether it's LeBron chasing Michael Jordan or a Warriors dynasty that might be too good, they've become sort of villainous. Uh, just player movement in the offseason, storylines all over the place in the NBA that you can latch onto. In baseball, Outside of the Cubs' 100-plus-year World Series drought, and mm-hmm. that storyline ended two years ago, there's just not many storylines to put your hat on. Uh, number three, villains. Mm-hmm. People complain about villains. They complained about the Yankees 15, 20 years ago. But the early 2000s Lakers, the LeBron James Heat, and the current Warriors are teams that people hate watch. They tune in specifically to watch those teams lose and to root against those teams, right? Right. Number four, the top stars are always on TV and playing deep into the playoffs. You don't have to worry about LeBron James not being in the playoffs 
or Steph Curry not playing a game in early to mid-May or being on national TV in baseball, you always have to worry about that. Mike Trout, Bryce Harper, they're not playing deep into October. Mike Trout's not playing in October. And then the fifth thing, people can connect with NBA players on a different level, whether it's because they're not wearing helmets, there's fewer of them, they're more accessible via social media, they don't, uh, the, the league doesn't discourage them showing their personality and speaking. So those are the five things I think the NBA has nailed over the past 5, 10, 15 years, and it's all culminating in this wildly popular league right now. Yeah, I think, I mean, you hit you hit it on the head. I mean, the, I think going with time of game, you go with game flow in terms of the way the rules have been tweaked to encourage a more wide open, uh, quote-unquote, beautiful game, a lot of passing, a lot of scoring, a lot of shooting. Uh, so that appeals to fans. Um the storylines thing, I think, is a huge part of it because they have, you know, in general, the league doesn't shy away from drama, doesn't shy away from player movement, doesn't shy away from individuals speaking their minds and expressing themselves. And that always brings compelling theater. And, and it allows, I think, fans to connect and, and, and relate to players on a different level. I mean, with the NFL, with how many players are on a team, with the helmets and and things like that, they are more, I think, viewed robotically. And, yeah, it's, it's very anonymous. And, and yeah, and 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 I think the you know the you look at, I mean, look at all of the the social media followings of LeBron James, of you know, of Steph Curry, of all of these people. I mean, fans are enamored with them and, and want to get to know them. And and you know, going on to the villain side of things. Um, as much as I think the hardcore basketball fan maybe gets tired of Warriors, 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 what is great for the league is the casual fan is drawn to it to see how good these Warriors are. Mm-hmm. Uh, a mom wants to see why Why does my son want to wear a Steph Curry jersey mm-hmm. and will tune in. And that's where the real money is made. Like That's when it transcends just those people who are on hoops hype all day long and are on Twitter, basketball, Twitter, and, and just living and dying with transactions and things where, where uh, you have to cross over into the mainstream and the warriors right now have helped the league cross over into the mainstream yeah. and enter the public consciousness on a different level. That's why it would almost be a, not almost, it would be a good thing if the Yankees rolled off three straight world series right. wins again and, and got that payroll up to number one in baseball and people just hate watched. Mm-hmm. It would give casual fan a reason to, to watch something that they've probably been checked out of for a long time. For sure. Absolutely. It does. And, and it just like, it, I think that, the way that the players are sort of built and and marketed these days, like they understand the importance of engaging with the public and how important that is to their brands and to making themselves marketable so that even if Kevin Durant is in Oklahoma City, he can still make a kajillion dollars through endorsements and things mm-hmm. because he is active and out there um, in the community. There are far more Kevin Durant's LeBron James, Steph Curry's, Jimmy Butler's, Carol Anthony Towns's, as opposed to the super quiet guys like Kawhi Leonard, Tim Duncan, those types of players. They, there's still room for them in the NBA, but you you see so many of these players who want to engage with the public in some way, shape, or form, and that just draws them into their orbit in a different way. And and so 
um, when you can connect on a personal level beyond just that you're a really good player, uh, but that people are interested in what in, in in your personality and what is important to you in standing up for certain issues or or things like that. That gives you that it gives the league a third dimension that so many of the other leagues have trouble kind of manufacturing. Exactly. Johnny K from The Athletic. Find his Wolves coverage and subscribe to TheAthletic.com. Dave, what kind of questions are you going to throw at us when we come back here? Really good questions, including something about what Rob Manfred had to say a couple days ago about expanding baseball and something off your Andrew Wiggins discussion you had a little while ago. Cool. Mackie and Judd. Craw in for Judd, TCL Broadcast Studios. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Oakley-doakley. On 1500 ESPN.